This is Pro Wrestling Indie-strated, a love letter to independent wrestling from Pro Wrestling Illustrated. I am one of your hosts, PWI Editor-in-Chief Kevin McElveney. Joining me, as always, the Good Witch, the Conduit of Karma, the Divine Darling, uh, the Role Model of Recovery, Kaya McKenna. I'll take it. Kaya, how's it going? It's going great. Oh, it's been too long, Kev. It seriously has. I'm, I'm super excited to be getting back to this. It's, uh, it was a long, long winter for lack Absolutely, of Absolutely, yeah. But, I mean, you and I, we've been in touch a little bit, but honestly, like, I'm getting, kind of like everybody else, getting dribs and drabs of it through social media because we've both been really busy with work and then you with, you know, your recovery on top of it. Um, you know, we'll get into it. It's been a long road for you, but, like, let's talk about this first because you yeah. just went and had your first match back. After, I did. After previously having your first match back and then running into some complications. But how'd, how'd that most recent match work out for you? It went super great. Um, the biggest difference I noticed this time around was that my confidence was there. And I think that that was key in being successful. Okay. Why do you think you were more confident this time? I just, I felt better physically. And I think that I felt better mentally. Because like, not that I didn't feel ready physically in October, I had been medically cleared, I had clearly jumped through all the hoops, I was a very, very good witch and listened to all of my doctors and whatnot. But I just felt like mentally, there was still a piece that maybe wasn't there and that was holding me back a little bit. And I spent a lot of time in my second recovery, addressing the mental aspect that I potentially neglected the first time around. I still addressed the physical aspect, but I had been there before. So it was easier. But um, addressing the the mental preparation was the the task yeah. at hand this time. And you were back at SCW Pro in Iowa, right? Mm -hmm. You were. I was um, home base. Yeah, yeah. So for anyone who's you know just tuning in for the first time here or is not as familiar with your story, of course you've trained at tra you trained at and continue to train at Black and Brave Academy, which is based out in Davenport, Iowa, right? Mm -hmm. And then. Um, yeah, you kind of went back there to get ready for your previous return. And then I guess for this one again, and then of course you made your return of the ring out there. Um, how was, how was the response from, from fans? Was it a lot of new faces? Was it, were some people you recognized there? So it's kind of cool because SCW is sort of the first place. A lot of black and black, black, black words. I'm clearly out of practice. A lot oh, of me black too. and Brave graduates have their first couple of matches. And when you're in class at Black and Brave, you go to the SCW shows on the weekends and you help out on Ring Crew. So a lot of these people that I was able to perform in front of remembered when I was just the kid dressed in all black doing security or selling raffle tickets or helping at the door or tearing the ring down or setting chairs or whatever. So they've seen every, literally every step of my journey from day one to my, my comeback the first time in October and then the second recovery process. So it was a very, very welcome and warm response. And I think they drew like 300 people, which is really exciting for a small indie in Iowa. Um, I've certainly seen indies with a little bit more presence, not draw like that. So um, and you take all the credit for that, special. Right? Yeah, it's all me. It was all <laughs> me. I manifested it. I manifested all 300 people like filling the seats, filling the bleachers and just exploding when I made my entrance. And I think that's what I missed the most was just like getting people involved in what you're doing. We did like a pre-match segment. I wrestled Amina Belmont 
and she's very rich. She's very snooty. She's very expensive handbags she carries to the ring. So I was just messing with her, trying to get in her head a little bit before the match. And I was playing around with her handbag and just being able to see the fans interact and respond to that little mini portion was just so fun. Like I just missed people and people being involved and invested in what you do. Like it just was a great start to the match and a great start to that night. Just and wasn't that Mia, w- weren't you either her first <laughs> opponent or one of her first opponents when she started wrestling? was her second match ever second. i believe yeah oh. so and then you have a... her in your re- second return match yes <laughs> yes there's trying to find a pattern here she's <laughs> always she's teed up ready to go she, she doesn't want me to come back to wrestling apparently she just wants to stop me out before i can get started again but yes I, I guess <laughs> well I, i'm she's a very good competitor can... um she's very agile so it makes me move you know, as someone who's used to grounding their opponents and, and playing more of like a pick apart game, I have to really pick it up when I wrestle her because she's quick and she's light on her feet. So I love the challenge of her as an opponent, even if she's like snooty and rich and maybe right. doesn't bring the best karma onto herself sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have some questions about that, like that stylistic approach, because I, I think there's some interesting things, things we can get into here and we want to get all into... <laughs> you know, just everything that's led to this. There's a lot to talk about. Um, yeah. You know, even just like personally, like we haven't, uh, I want to know what's been going on with you. Um, but sure. before we get into that, I should note, when we are interviewing other people, we have, first of all, we tend to, we're both uh, talkers on these podcasts and we tend to jump over each other and we have visual cues on podcasts that are never even posted as videos um but i'm realizing here when you and i are talking to each other we're both just oh hey and what happened with that oh i'll tell you what happened with that and we're <laughs> so just ebbing and flowing <laughs> chewing the fat <laughs> we're really eager to get into it yeah. um did you make any adjustments to your style in the ring either you know because for the, the safety and your own well-being or because you just had some time to rethink your in-ring approach. Like, did we see a different side of Kaya McKenna when you returned this time? Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing is like going through the injury process made me very angry. Um, Mm -hmm. The re-injury process, it made me extremely angry. I won't even think I was upset this time. I think I was just mad. I was really, really angry. And um, I definitely think that has influenced my style upon my return. I feel like I'm more aggressive I'm more ground and pound and I'm more get down to business. Um, I used to always not take it, not, not, not that I didn't take wrestling seriously, but I tried to like really be more, you know, have more flow in how I moved and it was more methodical per se, but now it's like, forget that. I'm just going to beat people down. It's so much easier. It's easier on my shoulder. Um, I'm a little bit limited in the capacity that I cannot do as many lifts as I used to previously just because um, obviously that's a weak point, right? So I don't want to put my shoulder in a position where it could be re-injured a third time, God forbid. So I just decided the best way to avoid that was to just beat people down and not even give them a chance to get up from the mat. So I've definitely put a stronger focus on having more effective strikes, having more effective holds, being able to work holds, being able to work limbs all the way up the body from the wrist to the elbow to the shoulder itself, you know? And that's been a good stylistic change for me. I found it to be very, very effective. Even in my first match, I noticed a huge difference. Interesting. So I, by the way, what Kai is saying here, everybody, like the, it's a shoot. I mean, I remember how upset you are when that last 
I was so mad. The injury happened. Yeah. And it was, you know, the, the, the Kaya McKenna that presents herself to the world is, you know, kind of just bright and positive and, you know, not that you don't ever have your dark moments, but you're, you're a smiley, positive presence, yeah. but you were very frustrated about this latest term because you really, I mean, you were at almost a year, I think, right before your, mm -hmm. your return from your, your initial injury, which was very serious. And you've had a, a lot that's uh, gone into your first return. And then the second one, different treatments, uh, options that you've tried out so that you can get back and do what you want to do. And really, I mean, comes at all this came at a pretty frustrating time because it's indie wrestling scene was starting to pick back up. You debuted, of course, during the pandemic, early pandemic. Um, when was like mid summer 2020, something like that. It yeah. Was, July yeah. of 2020. It's a hell of a time to <laughs> start to be. Sure was. <laughs> I mean, I, I came on as editor of PWI and, um, in March, 2020, but I mean, at least that's, you know, it's office work. You can separate yourself a little bit. It's not getting in people's faces and locking up with them. You know? So it is, it is challenging. And then of course the lack of a crowd. Um, so you really did have some kind of crucial time taken away from you when you were, when you were doing really well, you were on, you know, beyond wrestling and making these, these appearances where people would, uh, you know, see you more, you know? So, can we talk about like that initial injury? I know it's kind of hard to look back on it and painful, you know, emotionally, I'm sure. But what so happened long ago at this point? Yeah. Um, it feels so long ago at this point. I uh, went to give a competitor a Samoan drop and just, I think that the impact, I'm not quite sure what mechanically happened. Sometimes injuries are just flukes like that. That's what did it. I popped my shoulder on that move. Um, I couldn't get back in in the match. I remember because, like, sometimes, like, I just say, like, this is really terrible. Sometimes your shoulder goes out and goes right back in. Like it, it happens. Um, especially if you have a history of shoulder injuries, that's not uncommon. But I could not, for the life of me, get that to go back in. So I did have to communicate that in the ring to my opponents. Which, fortunately, it was a scramble match, so there were plenty of people that could just slot in, and I could roll out and take care of myself. Right, and that's what started the whole thing. And not only did I have a dislocation. But I also had a fracture, a hill sax fracture. So it's like a little piece of the humeral head had broken off. And in case anybody's lost on that, your shoulder kind of looks like a socket and there's a ball that sits in it and a piece of that ball broke off. So it wasn't staying in the socket. Um, I had to have surgery to fix that. So I had surgery in February of 2021. Um, I sat on the shelf for eight months doing the rehab for that. Uh, had a return match in October went pretty well, uh, took on a full schedule, went to one of those first bookings at AAW. And on just some, um, what I thought at the time was a fluke injury was I just clubbed Mike Bennett in the back and popped my shoulder back out. And I was like, oh my God, you've got to be kidding me. I just went through this. Literally, I got medically cleared that day. Um, I had just been through this grueling rehab process. I had like no reason to believe I would have any more issues. I didn't feel bad. There was no hesitation. And this happens. Um, I roll out of the ring. I go over to a chair that the ring announcer is sitting in. and I use it to pop my shoulder back into place. Um, Masha helped me to the back after that. So at least it went back in that time. Positive, maybe. I don't know. Um, and that was the re-injury. So there wasn't even a lot of time. Like, I didn't really get a lot of time in the ring between the first and second injury. Like, it, it was literally that day. That Friday, it was, was the medical clearance date. And, man, uh, welcome back and... Happy trails, I suppose. <laughs> so how long was it between this return and, you know, that previous 
re-injury, I guess. I'm trying to get my math straight here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, another six months. Um, I know. It's rough. I, um, it was really rough. It was, I was very angry. It felt very unfair because I wasn't somebody that was trying to cheat the system or do the super Cena where I come back super early from some crazy injury. I, I really did a lot myself the time away to be hopefully ready. And it just didn't work out. And I was very, very angry for a very, very long time about it. Um, I just kind of like fell off the face of the earth for two months. I got really depressed because there's no reason, right? Like there's no reason to this. It's not like you can be like, Oh, I picked somebody up or Oh, it was the impact or Oh, I had previous injuries. Like there was literally no reason that this should have happened in my mind at the time. So I just had a very, very difficult time dealing with how unfair that felt. Um, It made me very angry. It made me not very pleasant. Um, So I just had to like take some time away, like away from everything. I obviously went back and did more physical therapy. I revisited the surgeon. I did, um, I did not damage the repair to my, humeral head, but I did re-loosen my shoulder capsule. So I had a little bit of instability I had to address. Um, and it wasn't going away. Um, and in January, I was like, okay, like three months have passed. Let me see where I can be. And I was running a drill in the ring and I pulled my shoulder loose again. And I was like, oh my God, I just, it was like, I couldn't believe it. Um, I just reached for the rope, running the ropes. And I think I just rushed coming back again in that sense. And at that point, I really started to get very, very, very depressed because I was like, okay, like this is recurrent. I don't know what to do. I don't want to have another surgery because it is going to limit me drastically if I go down that road. And I talked to some people and I decided to do some stem cell therapy. Um, I know it's very expensive. I know it's not covered by insurance, but at that point I had sunk close to $20,000 of my own money into surgery, physical therapy, and other rehab routes. Right. So you're working this was, whole time. You, you, yeah. You're not wrestling, but you have a very busy shoot job that you're doing this I whole do. time. Yeah. Uh, I was working full time. Um, yeah. And even with insurance, like it's just physical therapy, all of the rehab therapies, you know, paying for the surgery itself. Like I'm, you know, I want to say I'm not a popular wrestler that could go the GoFundMe route or anything, but I just, I ate a lot of that expense out of pocket. So I had dropped a lot of money on this surgery and this recovery process. And at that point in time, I kind of felt like, well, you know, well, what's another whatever to maybe get back to good? So that's when I decided to pursue that route. Mm-hmm. So what what does that involve? Like how, so you see stem, stem cell treatments, I'm guessing some kind of injections is the idea? Yeah, so they have like infusion and they have injection. Um, infusion is very, very expensive. That's a little bit out of my price range, but it's like an IV with stem cells that are good throughout your entire body. And then um, you can do specific injection to a joint. Like, so if your hip bothers you or your knee bothers you or your shoulder bothers you, you can just inject the stem cells directly into the joint. So you typically would go to a place that does regenerative medicine. Um, They'll do a physical on you, check your joint, test it, all of that, make sure you're a good candidate for it. Typically, they want to make sure you don't have so much arthritis that your bone is rubbing on bone. You want to still have some sort of space and cartilage in that capsule so it can take hold and regenerate. And turns out it was a pretty good candidate. So the next step in the process is they just literally um, inject the stem cells into the joint. I don't, it's very similar to how they do cortisone, um, except instead of cortisone, it's stem cells. And they just bind the joint, 
and it, it literally takes three seconds. Yep. How long before you started to notice like a difference in how you felt? Hmm, I'm like six and a half weeks out. So I had stem cell therapy the third week of February and you don't really notice anything for the first couple of weeks. Like you have to go on light duty. So I wasn't lifting anything over 20 pounds with my right arm. Cause you don't want to aggravate. They're still very new. They're very fragile. Um, you want them to have time to like take hold in the joint and like start settling in. Right. So I just kind of did like bike and running and like lower body for three or four weeks. I stayed out of the ring. I really tried to be disciplined and give, um, give my body the time that it needed to get right with that. And I would say at like six and a half weeks out, I've noticed a huge difference in my stability. I can dead hang from a bar so I can pull up position. And I couldn't even do that after I had surgery. So once it starts working, I think it really does work. I mean, I, I feel that it works. Um, I mean, I still you, can't do that. Yeah. So don't <laughs> no, no, but it's like, it's, it's a very interesting benchmark, right? Like I, I don't feel like that shift. I remember in my last surgeon appointment, I went to shortly after I had the stem cell therapy, like he could manipulate my shoulder and put it in a point of anticipation where I could actually not to be gross, but feel it slipping in and out of place. And I was like, that's, yeah. that doesn't hurt me, but that's not good. You know? Right. And I don't feel that movement in, in that in its own right, you know, just the stability aspect, the strength aspect. Um, I think that, maybe the stem cells did regenerate some of that tissue in that capsule and fix my problems. Hopefully to be fair, I've not really pushed it to the extreme. I've tried to be very conservative and aware that I do have a shoulder issue, but it, it, I would definitely encourage anybody who's having any kind of joint issues to look into it. It's worth every penny and it works fairly quick. I mean, six weeks to notice a difference as opposed to being on the shelf nine months is wild. I was shocked, and I think I didn't realize how short a time period it was, because time is meaningless in this day and age. It all blends together, but I think you know it's. It feels it feels like you just got approved for this treatment, and then, you know, there you are. You're you're like already have plans to return to the ring. I'm like, oh, you know, I hope hope this is okay, and like, of course, yeah, I'm pulling for you, and I, I want to be supportive, you know, like as a friend, but. At the same time, you know, you've had these these injuries, and I know, like we we talked a little bit before you got back in there, and you were you were definitely nervous about getting back in there and doing it again because you've had these previous injuries. Oh yeah, it's always in the back of your head at that point, right? Like you're like, oh my god, especially when you have one happen so easily. Like yeah. I literally hit somebody in the back. Like God bless Mike Bennett's back of steel. I guess I don't know, but um, <laughs> it's like that is certainly in your head, right? You're like, Oh my God, I literally just hit somebody and it happened. Like, how am I going to do like the high level physical activity that is professional wrestling? If I can't even hit somebody and have stability. Um, I did. Um, another thing I did to support the stem cell therapy was I got a new personal trainer to kind of maybe target some of those issues that work with shoulders. Like he works with athletes and it's been very, very helpful. Um, when I showed him the clip of when I hit, Mike, I was really, it was very, there's like a sense of relief that came over me because he was able to explain what maybe happened for the first time. And like, I had talked to tons of people about this, and like nobody knew what happened. Right. Um, and he explained that like, perhaps maybe the reason that that happened was when I was doing my initial run of physical therapy off my surgery, they trained up the front part of my shoulder 
to generate that force and be stable, but I didn't do as much training in the posterior chain of my shoulders, the back. Mm. So when I hit him, I was able to generate that force, but then I wasn't able to stop that force, if that makes sense, right? And just knowing that and having a reason as to why that injury happened was just so like, that was like a turning point for me because I felt like I could stop being angry and stop thinking about it as unfair because there was now logic that applied to that situation. And there was now a course of action to prevent that as opposed to just being like, well, I guess that just happened. Um, (laughs) And that was just a huge turning point for me. And just working with him over the past two months, I've noticed a huge difference as well. So I guess what I'm trying to say here is like, if you're having any kind of issues, like it's okay to be proactive in your own treatment and find resources outside of a doctor's office to get you where you need to be. And as a professional athlete too, you know, like you're, you're not just like a normal person trying to reach into the cabinet and get their glass down. Like you're trying to do high level physical activity. Right. Which is hard enough. I mean, some of some of those cabinets are pretty high, but it's honestly, I'm just so glad that this is working out for you because you've had all these different paths you've taken and some, you know, some have seemed more encouraging than others were more kind of a long shot. And, you know, certainly this is like, you could see where it would work, but also you could see, Hey, yeah, maybe this won't take, but I mean, it sure seems I'm not a doctor and I no longer (laughs) play one on TV, but it seems like this is actually paying off for you. Yeah, it it really is. Um, And like I said, just having, the why as to why the second injury occurred, being on an active, like being proactive in preventing that and having the stem cell therapy, having the wonderful resource of an incredible wrestling school and an amazing coaching staff to get me back to where I need to be. Like, I feel very fortunate that I have all these tools in my disposal, right? Like not everybody has all these options, whether you have, you might have one or two of them, but I really feel like I was surrounded by all the best resources and then in the best possible environment I could be in at black and brave to be successful upon my return. So, but, but, you know, you deserve a lot of credit for that. Not even just with how hard you worked and how hard it can be, like you said, on the, on the the mental, psychological, emotional end to keep, you know, keep everything in perspective that way. And, you know, and, and that's, that's not possible every day, you know, just as good and bad days of physical therapy, for instance. Uh, or in the ring, or in any other job. Um, but you you did all this, and at the same time, you know, you're saying you're surrounded by resources, but like you're spending your own money. It's not it, you didn't win the lottery. This is money you've worked no. for a long time that you have saved up at this other job, and then you know you're dipping into it so that you can go pursue this dream, which is really, I mean, you need to be healthy anyway. You need to have a functioning shoulder, but like really just admirable to be able to juggle all this. And then, you know, we're talking about all this as if I didn't know about any of it at times. And like, it's, Oh, well, really for two years, you know, but like the reality is on this podcast, we've been giving smaller updates because this has been <laughs> going on for a while. Yeah. And you, were, you were doing the podcast on top of everything else. And, and I mean, you were going out to shows, you were helping out where you could, even when you couldn't, you know, necessarily like maybe set up a ring, you would go and work a door at a show or you would, you know, help take people to and from the airport, things that you didn't need to be doing, but you wanted to contribute and keep your, your name and your face out there. So that's, yeah. I mean, kudos. That's, that's really awesome that you were able to do all Thank that. Thank you. I don't think anybody would have blamed you if you didn't, because it's like. Yeah. Well, and people don't. Um, people get injured in one second. Hey, enough. <laughs> I have a the- herd. 
I'm sorry. I have we have I have, my roommate has dogs too now. So there's like oh boy, <laughs> we've got a herd. We've got three dogs. So one starts and they all. That's fine. That makes us less. Uh, it makes it more entertaining <laughs> for people watching. I know. I love dogs. I'm sorry. I'm an animal lover. But um. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so oh, I had um. Uh, yeah. God forbid you like animals. Um. But yeah, so I had saved up. I always, knowing that at the point before I had gotten injured initially, that my career was potentially going somewhere, um, I had tried to set aside money so I would have that if opportunity came. So like if I got the opportunity to do extra work again for AEW, I had money set aside to cover my hotel and my travel there, and I could take that opportunity. Or if I got an opportunity to be on Beyond again, or an opportunity to work for AEW, like I could get that flight, I could take that trip and it wouldn't cause me any burden you know i really tried to plan and you know so when the opportunities came i would be best positioned to take advantage of them so i still had that money what was left over after i paid for all of my surgery and everything and i was like well i can sit in my house and i can be sad about it or i can continue to be a part of the wrestling community and keep my face out there because like it hits the point like with a long injury where the content stops like you don't have any more pictures you don't have any more clips you're not going anywhere like it, but you still have to keep yourself on the timeline in some capacity and remind people that you do exist. Right. Um, and I thought that it would be a good way to kind of stay on top of the timeline and stay involved in wrestling. Cause I do, I love wrestling. Even if I can't be in the ring physically, I love just being a part of it sure. in any capacity, whether it's ring crew production, you name it. Um, and I also like when you're out on the road every weekend, you don't realize how many people you get used to seeing every weekend that you no longer see when you're injured, even though we're all from different parts of this country. We're all in the same places every weekend. And I missed my friends. I missed my friends. I know that's terrible to say I missed my friends and I wanted to see my friends. No, I was that's sad. not terrible to say. So. That's human, human being. So um, actually that, 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 that brings me to uh, I, I, what I think is a story that again attests to your character, but it's also just kind of a fun story. <laughs> um, is the pro wrestling vibe show last was yeah. in November, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, so and at that point, you and I had not seen each other in person in a long time. Um, yeah, that was when I was in my cave, like I was all cranky because I got re hurt. I was like, Mah. right, 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 right. Yeah. But, but also, just like we hadn't, you know, like I, I was very selective as far as activities that I would go and do. Uh, you know, my wife and I'm being immunocompromised. I, I've started to loosen up a little bit with that now as, as you know, I mean, we, we both caught COVID finally earlier in the year and, and you know, we're, we're okay. Um, but the reality was we caught it from, you know, my wife's dad who was just went and played racquetball at the gym with three guys or whatever it was and he caught it, you know. Mm -hmm. you, you basically have to go and, uh, you know, at a certain point, continue living your life so anyway one of these early shows that i had gone to was this pro wrestling vibe show in dc and then you made the drive uh actually i think were you coming home from iowa at that point or were you down i was heading out to iowa okay. um i was on my way out to like start getting back in the ring again after that drive. in october yeah but, but you so had it was these, on the way it was literally on the way um, but you had these horrible car issues that day and you were pretty much just coming by. So there were, there were two things. It was yeah. to see your friends, but it was also we were going to record and we did record the lost episode of this podcast that is still <laughs> sitting unedited somewhere. It's and still been, lost. And honestly, I've been <laughs> beating myself up over it, but I, I ran into um, one of the guests who made this a lost episode <laughs> in Faye Jackson. At, oh, uh, we love Faye. 
Well, Faze, Faze Amazing. I think it was an MLW <laughs> show. Um, yeah. And we talked about it and I said, you know, I could still edit this and put it up. And she said, oh, I don't know if you want to put that out there. Because <laughs> it is really like, uh, it's a raunchy episode. It didn't start out that way necessarily. But as people saw we were recording and came in, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. But yeah, I don't know if, it, and it's the only, to date, the only in-person episode we've uh, recor recorded. Um, and it's, yeah, it may never <laughs> see the light of day, but it was a lot of fun to do it's it. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we'll just like take clips and bits and pieces of it out and release think, it. Maybe I not the whole episode, the but like move. do it as like a treat, like little Easter eggs. I think that's the move. Yeah. But that was the first outing I had out of the house after like obviously getting very depressed. Um, I had started seeing a sports psychologist at the same time too to kind of deal with some of the mental issues I was having in regard to this injury. And she encouraged me that to go back out. She was like, you need to like go back out and be around these people, even though you're mad about this injury. Like you've got to reimmerse yourself in it. It'll be good for you instead of sitting here being angry, you know, like just, just go out there and just, just be. So that's why part of the reason I decided to do that as well was I was like, I needed to get back on the horse in that aspect. Is it now the psych sports psychologist? I, I did. I don't think we talked about like the particulars of, of you seeing, seeing them, but is this like a consult thing? Is it like akin to regular therapy, but they just have a specialty yeah. in athletes? So it's, it's okay. Yeah. And how long did you do this? For like three or four months um, weekly. Wow. I just, um, I needed somebody to help me unpack what I had been through yep. and like accept what I had been through and what happened to me and kind of go through the stages of grieving of the loss of professional wrestling from my life. Cause it's like, when you lose, I mean, it is not, it's not like losing a person, but it is a very similar process to grieve. Like you're losing your ability to do something that you love dearly. That's like a huge part of your existence. Right. So it was just really nice to have someone to talk to about the grieving process, the anger, the frustration, the confusion, the, um, any kind of setbacks I hit in my recovery, the, the confidence, I had to rebuild my confidence. I had no confidence after that second injury. I was like, <laughs> like none, like I had nothing. So just like picking up the pieces of that. And that's something that's not typically addressed in common physical therapy or doctors really hold a strong emphasis on, especially when treating professional athletes. So it was just something that was presented to me from a friend. And I was like, well, you know what, I'm going to look into this and maybe it'll be helpful and it was, it was very, very helpful for me. Um, that's something also I would encourage people to do if you're struggling with coming back from an injury or finding your confidence, or you just need to like express some frustrations surrounding your situation, but you need someone that can do it in a more pointed way and less broad. Um, mm -hmm. I really enjoyed seeing a sports psychologist. I thought it was very helpful to my recovery. That's awesome. And I, I've publicly said, and we'll continue to publicly <clears throat> say that if um, you if anyone watching or listening to this thinks they might benefit from having somebody professional to talk to from therapy, give it a shot. And I mean, it mm -hmm. may not work out for you. It may not work out for you with the first person you see, but I mean, it's, it's been a huge thing for me over the years. I still go, I, I go a little less than I used to, but I still go. We all deal with things. Um, and there's no shame in asking for help. And I think that's been, uh, you know, a consistent part of your process here is you, have been willing to try the next thing and not be afraid to reach out to people. And I, you're, you're, you're usually the person out there helping other people and sacrificing yourself, but you have to look after yourself. So that's yeah, an awesome thing that you did. And to put that in kind of like investment into yourself and into your career is, is really just 
again, I, I, I'm overusing the word admirable, but like it, it takes a lot to do all this. It is. It's, it's, there are many moving parts to it. And if you neglect one of those parts, it just kind of hinders your success when you come back. So the second time around, I really wanted to make sure I was addressing all the moving parts, not just the physical parts, but the emotional, the mental, like everything, right? Um, mm -hmm. Being in shape, being in ring shape, also like being comfortable performing again, right? Like, and finding that confidence. Cause like, I hate to say it, but when you have that type of injury at a place like AAW, which is a pretty big indie, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Um, and then like, you're obviously upset and you're traumatized and then you open Twitter and there's a gif of it and people are shitting on you and you're so embarrassed and you just want to stick your head in the hole. And it's like- People oh were, really? God. Yeah, like there were some not so nice comments on that gif when it was circulating and I get it. Everybody's going to weigh in. We're all allowed to have our opinion. I do not begrudge anybody for expressing theirs as long as it's like rooted in some honesty and it's not made up bullshit. But um, I just, what I had to do was I knew um, from a business standpoint, I was like, I need to retweet this and get my clout from it because I'm not dumb. But after I did that, I muted that thread and I never looked at it again. I have not looked anything up surrounding my injury Good. on Twitter or social media in any capacity because the last thing I needed in that very fragile mental state was to have somebody telling me I deserved it. Or if I maybe was a better wrestler, it wouldn't have happened to me or whatever other crap people wanted to spew. Um, I just simply did not need that. And I think that often more often than not avoidance is a perfectly acceptable coping mechanism for that type of situation. So I avoided, workers, by I avoided the way, it. Are they, are they just fans? It was, you know, I've, I've seen a split of both. Um, and that's really, really, um, you know, people that are like fans on the internet are going to have opinions and some of them are going to be good and some of them are going to be bad. And that just is what it is. It's the nature of the system. But when you see your coworkers, um, it doesn't, not anybody that I'm particularly close to. Right. But I consider all wrestlers on the Indies. We are all coworkers, right. Peers, in some capacity, yeah. we work with some people more than others, but we are all coworkers. We are all in this together. So when you see, um, your coworkers engaging in that type of behavior, it's even more detrimental, right? Because it's like, God, they would know, they should know better than anybody how unfortunate a situation like that is. Um, so that was really tough for me too. And it, it made me realize that sometimes like even throughout this entire recovery process, like fellow wrestlers or your coworkers might write you off when you're not around or forget about you or not feel that you're relevant to the business anymore. But the fans that you make along the way never forget you. They never forget. There were so many people over the past six months that I saw at Beyond, at GCW, at AAW, at Circle Six, everywhere I went, that were like asking me how I was doing, when I planned on coming back, that they couldn't wait to see me again. They couldn't wait to cheer for me, um, asking to take a picture. Like those sorts of um, interactions really made me realize that like, okay, wrestling might be a little fickle and people that you work with might not care about you all the time, but the fans that you make along the way do care about you and they do want to see you get better and they will absolutely be there for you upon your return, no matter how far you are, no matter how long you're gone. And just all those interactions were just so good for me to have too. You know, like, gosh, I feel like I owe those people so much just for keeping me going, you know, and keeping me motivated and keeping me in the mindset of like, oh wait, there are people who do actually want to see me get back in the ring. 
I've got to make it happen for them. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. So what's next at this point? Do you have more bookings set up? Do you have things that maybe you want to do like big picture? Um, ideally, I just want to pick up right where I left off on the good witch, bad bitch tour. Um, <laughs> you know, to be out for a year and a half is long and that's a big ask, but I do want to try to integrate back into the scene as seamlessly as possible. Um, I'm back out in the Midwest for two more weeks. So I'm just going to kind of do a little bit more training and then I'm going on vacation. I'm going on a real vacation for a week and a half that is not related to wrestling. I am taking off work. I'm not opening my laptop. I'm not opening social media. I am taking a real vacation away from all this shit because I feel like after a year and a half, I have earned it. I have earned the peace of a fishing trip. <laughs> so I'm going to take that vacation and just totally hit that as a reset button and then um, I'll be located in the East all summer. So I'm hopefully going to try to fill that up with some bookings, get back into the loop. I know people book their shows a little bit out, so it might not be immediate. But as soon as I can reintegrate into that um, loop of bookings, I will. I know I'm real excited to work CCW in Delaware. I live 45 minutes from that promotion, which is like a dream. Because like, oh my God, a wrestling, I like to drive 45 minutes. Like I'm used to driving four, five, six hours to work shows, right? So I definitely can't wait to be there, have my family come out and see me work and be close to my hometown. I, I really, I cannot wait to go back up to Worcester and work for Beyond and Wrestling Open. I've been so excited about that. Those fans are some of my favorite fans in the entire country. I, I mean, I want to go to Catalyst again. I want to go to Invictus again. Um, you know, maybe JCW if it's in the cards. I, I want to go back to AAW and kind of make things right after my last appearance. So you're going to go after my Bennett is what you're saying. Yeah, I'm coming for him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not going to hit him in the back this time. Right, to right. Like Pow too powerful. Right? Like, <laughs> is there anybody... Down. <laughs> not to put you on the spot, but is there anybody you... I mean, it doesn't have to be somebody new. It could be somebody you didn't get to work with before, but like anybody you want to get out there and mix it up with? Oh my God, I really want to wrestle Alice Crawley. Um... I've always seen her work and I've always kind of been a fan of hers, but I got to spend a little bit of time with her over WrestleMania weekend. And just like, I love the intensity she brings to the ring. And I just feel like we could have a real good match. Um, real, like just heavy hitting, like a good old wrestling match. Um, I think she's very talented and she's just really going to start blowing up in this next year. And I would just love to wrestle her. Um, it was really nice to spend a little bit of time with her when I was helping out at circle six. So She's on my list now. That's awesome. She's on the witch list. <laughs> and uh, she's another kind of, you know, there's these young prodigies that are talked about. Mm -hmm. Stars just got signed to, to AEW and, and Nick Wayne is on that contract as, as well, where he's going to start officially working for them once he's 18. Um, but, you know, Alice Crawley was also, you know, from that group sort of, uh, I think out of the Midwest, right? Like based there, mm -hmm. like, um, Nick Wayne's not Midwest, so, so that's not a good example. Um, but Billy was, uh, you know, certainly a lot of other younger wrestlers out there who are just kind of, you know, like getting in there and and learning and learning it right early on. So that that's a really yeah. cool thing. Um, cheap plug, by the way. The new PWI <laughs> has yes. a great. Look at all story. these wonderful ladies. Yeah, isn't that an awesome cover? cover? Who do we got here? Oh my god, I don't know if I could see. I see Masha. So we got Masha, we got Rosemary, Rosemary Jordan, there's Diana. Oh, we have all the knockouts. What a great group of ladies. 
Yep. Man, there's some good matches to be had there too, right? All those yeah. women are incredible performers. Absolutely. I love that. I love seeing them on the cover. That's so exciting. I love it's women's wrestling. I really do. I love the idea that like women can compete for any title and compete against any competitor these days. But I also really just love women's wrestling as a whole. And I love women's championships and women's storylines and, and women's Royal Rumbles. I love all of it. I love just what women's wrestling is in general. And I just want to see more of women's wrestling. Absolutely. And uh, just to justify why I brought this up. So this is the feature story on Billy. Uh, written by Tamaya Greenlee. That's Ali McFetridge's awesome violent library series that people probably seen on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. Um, anyway, so she's the, this was written before she was signed to AEW, but when she had started to uh, work with them. And it's it's kind of cool to see what was ostensibly like a quote unquote indie story, and it became you know by the time it hits newsstands on Tuesday, she'll she'll she's officially under contract <laughs> now. So um, yes. Congratulations to Billy. She's certainly worked very, very hard. And she's earned For every, sure. yeah. every second of fame she gets, she's earned it. She's put yeah, the time she, in. She was like 14 when she's it's just it's crazy. Yeah. So it's, but she's she's about to graduate high school. <laughs> and then uh, she's flying to Japan and wrestling. And yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff to uh, to enjoy out there with wrestling. Is there anything else you want to talk about? because uh, I mean we could talk about a lot of this all day, but I don't know if there's any points we missed or things from your recovery you want to get into. No, I think we pretty much covered it. I tried to keep it really concise, um, as concise as I could keep it. I know I have a tendency to go. Oh, you're fine. But yeah, I just, I guess like the big takeaway is like, if you're somebody who's going through an injury, make sure you attack it from all sides. Um, Be your own advocate. It's okay to go explore other therapies, to get second opinions, to do things that are new. Just try anything. Um, and just get yourself where you need to be. Set yourself up for success. Surround yourself with supportive people in a good environment who want to see you get back to doing what you do. Um, I think that's pivotal too, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for doing this. And uh, next episode, I won't. Uh, you won't have to talk quite as much because we'll be, we'll be back with them something actually i shouldn't even say that we might i mean have, i like talking don't don't <laughs> worry about that i can i can go so we might, we'll be back something closer to our usual uh format it's rare that we do this just one well we certainly have done plenty of long interviews but they're usually cut down a bit by the time they're released so um anyway thank you for doing this so if you would course, thanks for like, interviewing me kev <laughs> and please, please uh, feel free to plug whatever you'd like to plug before we part. Like ways. and subscribe, like and subscribe, like and subscribe. <laughs> um, I'm on all my social media handles as at Kaya MCK. So K-A-I-A-M-C-K. Um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I have TikTok. I'm not super great at it. I'll figure it out one day, maybe. Um, my online store is currently down. Um, I want to kind of do a little bit get some new merch moving when I start wrestling a little bit more. So I'm just taking a brief little hiatus on that, but please support me on all the other platforms. You can see where I'm going to be wrestling again. Oh my God. I'm going to have dates again. This is so exciting. Wild, wild, wild. What? (laughs) I'm very excited to see what you do next. I can't wait.